Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 273 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, the media pit is back. Zach's here, Michael's here, and we're all talking about the upcoming cyclocross season. We start off in Europe for a little while and then hit the domestic scene with the USCX and starting off with GoCross, which happens this weekend in Roanoke, Virginia. Just a few things to go over before we get started, and they have to do with the Wide Angle Podium and also the CX Hairs Bulletin. So this, this may get a little confusing because we're asking you to support us in two different ways. Uh, we have a lot of different shows, not just Cyclocross Radio, that are part of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We would love for you to become a member of that network and to donate and help support those shows. We hope part of that support includes Cyclocross Radio. On top of that, Zach and I run the CX Hairs Bulletin. And there are, are a lot of costs that are associated with doing that. Zach puts in a ton of time just writing and researching. We are one of the few media outlets that's actually on the ground at these races, able to interview people after races, give you top-notch race photography. Getting to all these races, the costs have gone up since the pandemic. It's much more expensive, and we want to make sure that we give you that coverage. Along with that, we like to hire Michael every once in a while to shoot video for us. We uh, have Ethan Glading in Europe who shoots for us over there. All of these things add up, and that's that's where we need your help. If you go to cxhairs.substack.com, you can just sign up for the bulletin, and that'll get you the free updates, and that's awesome, and we thank you for that support. What really helps us if you become a subscriber, and that means $8 a month, or $70 a season. And that gets you everything that we put out. And it goes beyond just the Substack. You're gonna get the newsletter, but also if we start producing video projects, if we go back to the heat check, all of these things that we like to do at CX Airs come out of that pot. You're, you're, you're helping us create that media. And we wanna keep it independent. We wanna keep it grassroots. We love having your input. But it's not possible if we don't have your support. So cxairs.substack.com. Now is the time to get on board, get all of the content, get all of your independent cycling media, get the people who are at the races on the ground, and help us support what we do. All right. It's episode 273 of Cyclocross Radio. We're back in the media pit. We got Michael and Zach and myself. We're talking about Eurocross, about USCX, about dogs, and we're doing all of it right now. We are back in the media pit. It's it's the preseason. It's a very short preseason. Had races last weekend, and we're jumping right in to go cross and the USCX this coming weekend. In Roanoke. So we had to get the media pit back together, get a little pre race season show in here before we get rolling. We got Zach and Michael here. Zach, how's it been going? How's Chicago? It's good. It's good. I went to Relay Cross. I've uh, gone to Cricket Hill 
uh, you know, which is kind of like the only hill in the entire city of Chicago where we have cyclocross practice. And I, I just say, I, I, w- I wanted to see if this happened to you guys, but you know, I went to, to relay cross and someone in the middle of their race, I was like taking pictures and I was like in the weeds, literally taking pictures and there were someone rides by and they're like, when's the next podcast coming out? Like, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I have a reputation in this city already. And I was like, I don't know. At some point, I hope so. Hopefully soon. Has That's that good. ever happened to you guys? Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. That's what we want. Michael, I know, you know, you're you're here, you're recording this, but before cyclocross season even gets started, you're he- you're heading to one of our sister podcasts home race, Mammoth Tough. Yeah. Yeah, hello Bill, hey Zach. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow morning 5:45. Uh I'll leave you in my house and we're flying to California and then driving over to Mammoth Lakes to do Amanda and Dave Sheik's um, event. Very excited. Uh, I got a new bike this summer. I got got the new Crux. It's it's my cross. It's my gravel bike. And, you know, Zach, I really appreciate your CX vibe checks because I have been vibing so hard on CX with this new bike. And I know that maybe I'm just like the bike industry's got to me. But I got to say... I had a crux in 2012 and I got a crux in 22 and oh my God, it's so different. And I'm like so excited to race cross, but first I'm going to do a gravel race, but then I'm coming back and hopefully we'll be doing some, you know, bandit races here in New Orleans and, and trying to get cross practice going. Um, but I'm feeling the vibes. I will say we used to have cross practice in August in New Orleans and then we stopped for a while. And this year I tried to start it up again because I was so excited about cross and I remembered why we don't do cross in October in New Orleans. I'm sorry, in, in August in New Orleans, it's because it rains so much that you literally cannot ride at your cross venue because it's a mud bog. So anyway, so it's like start soon. It's Dendermonda to 2020. Yes. Every day, it, every day and you live the dream. No, because it's also 95 degrees and there's mosquitoes and uh, yeah. All, all sorts of other like lizards and snakes, yeah. So, so you are you are the bike industry's poster child. You bought a you bought a gravel bike that you're racing cross on. I mean, they're they're going to just they're going to say this is our case study number one of why we've gone this direction. It, it depends on where you go on their website because they do have it listed under both. And I will say that like, uh, I, if uh, good enough for Magali Rochette to kick butt on the crux it's certainly good enough for me so and katarina nash as well so yeah yeah you can't you can't go wrong all right let's uh let's kick things off in europe i want to spend a lot of time in the u.s we've got the uscx starting we got these world cups we want to talk about and other schedule related things but zach we got news been covered it on the bulletin where do we want to start with the euro corner well there's been there's been so many things i mean i think more so than anything, you know, readers of the bulletin, listeners of this podcast have made the the free swek movement a thing. You know, Michael <laughs> has been, you know, you are a swekite from from day one. So I actually want to hear Michael's take on this. I mean, the the general quick and dirty story is that he his contract was going to be up at the end of the year, and it was going to be this really awkward year of him riding for the sauces, maybe similar to what happened to Quentin Ermans with Tormans and uh, Intermarsh, where they were just like, ha, you think you're racing the tour? Yeah, you're not. You're, you're not racing the tour this year because uh, you're not you're not on our team anymore, but you kind of are. Uh, so anyway, they freed him as of September 1st. They ended the contract. Uh, so he is on his way. 
uh, to a new team. So what are what are your thoughts, Michael? I, I think it's a great thing. I think that's what you got to do. I think there's no sense in, you know, being stubborn, I guess, suppose on the Sosta side and like keeping to the contract, like let the guy go, um, fill, get some new blood who, who want to ride for the team. And, you know, like they'll see him out in the mud, you know, like that's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a good move. And I, you know, I, I, where did, did he, did he has a team, Zach, Bill, do you know, is he going somewhere that we know for sure? So he's going to be headed to Kralon with the Rudolph brothers. And so he's going to be joining the, uh, the Sonicant squad. Ah, okay. All right. So, so we'll all be not only waiting for the Swecken, but is this, is this, I don't know if this is going to stick, but is this the Swecken-ing? <laughs> I'd be curious to see. I mean, I, I think we've talked about a lot. I think one reason that we really like him is that he has won on average like four races per year. So he's always good for like four to six wins. And I think he just provides like that X factor. You know, I think with the men's field, it gets kind of in a rut, whether it be the wow, Machu Pitter's rut, or if it gets in like the alien tone rut, you know, it's just not too much going on. And so, you know, we've been seeing where we have guys like Vin Turnout who have come in and actually started winning races. I think it makes the men's field that much more interesting. You know, Lars Vanderhaar had is two weeks of glory i you get these guys who just go on you know these little runs and i think swack is always good for one of those and it's always super fun i think for fans when he does it so you know i've become i've become a swack fan i've come around to, to become a, a swack stand yeah and it's also i mean we don't it's always i know we spend a lot of time before i was sick of just the whole uh f1ization of sports but cyclocross it does have some parallels in that they're really shouldn't be in cyclocross like a number one and a number two rider and it seems like that Sweck was getting a little frustrated with being a strategic pawn in in ellie Ezerbeet's uh fortunes over the last couple seasons so maybe being released from that and just kind of being able to carve out his own program and and his own fate may be a good a good a good change for him and a good new start i just realized that i remember when the new this news came out that my take was going to be that I was actually against this because we were going to have less of the drama. It'll be interesting to see, Bill, if he does, if he's on his own program and he is the, you know, the A rider, like, will he have that drive? Like, maybe that he was sort of had a little bit of drive, a little bit of fire because of that position he was in. So, be interesting to see. Yeah, speaking of A riders, Zach, the other story that's just been slowly developing, even just simmering, is the the fate of Tone Arts. You know, we we had the the positive test that came the middle of last, middle to end of last season, and then through delays and you know overwhelmed labs and everything else, he didn't get a B sample tested until I think just recently, and there were reports that that was also positive. But then from that point on, the UCI still has not made a decision about what his fate is, you know, what what kind of suspension, if anything, is going to be handed down. And then just today, he came out and basically said, look, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to race, but I can't because UCI has not decided on my case at all. And my contract is up at, in January, and it looks like I'm just going to be looking for a team, and I won't be racing for Trek at all this year. So any thoughts on that, Zach? And also, 
talking about A riders and B riders and whatever else, who is now the leader of the Lions? Well, I think it's funny that you said simmering because I think that would be, I don't know, giving it, I, it went nowhere. There was like no news. And, you know, I mean, we, we try to follow European cross. I mean, people look to us to kind of do that. And I, they were starting to, people starting to ask questions and, you know, like July, August, be like, what's going on with Tone Arts? And I was like, man, I've just been failing. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, for a bulletin post, I did some research and no one knows. I, I think the impetus was the interview where Sven came out. Sven Ness was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, you, Tone Arts doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So it was, it just seems like typical UCI. Um, and, you know, from stuff I've heard, maybe it's a case, you know, where they were trying to present their case of, you know, why it was a tainted supplement, I think was the excuse or whatever. Um, but I mean, to answer your other questions, like, I guess it came as a surprise to me. I mean, Tone Arts has been kind of like synonymous with Alliance for so many years. And it sounds like the team drama, I mean, the team that's been floated has been the Tormund CX team because Jan Tormund's, uh, his cupboard is a little bare because <laughs> uh, everyone broke up with him. But I don't know. I guess I was just kind of surprised. I thought that they, they would have a longer term commitment to him, but it seems like they're going in a different direction. You know, David Haverdings is coming on. They're signing some of these younger riders and it seems like they're going in a, a younger direction and we're happy to let him go. It seems a lot easier, maybe cleaner to just sort of the contracts over. We've got we've got no definitive yes or no on what, ex, you know, like what's the situation going to be. So, yeah, you, you, you cut ties and. And I, 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 you know, who is the, the A rider at Trek? Obviously, it's Lucinda Brand. But um, on the men's squad, yeah, interesting to see, Zach. They did sign Haverdeans, who was tearing up the junior field. You know, can, can Tebow Nyes sort of step up this year? And, uh, you know, what about Lars, Zach? How, how, many, how many wins does he have in him this season? I want to put you on the spot. How many wins right now, Lars? For Lars? Yeah. How many did he win last year? Two. That's my guess. I'll check. Well, it, 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 who does he have to beat? And we're going to get stuck in this. I was like, let's do five minutes <laughs> okay. in Euro corner. And we're going to be, this is we're, two hours later. We're going to be coming out of this. So, um, all right. All right. So Lars Vanderhaar won four races last year. I am going to say under four. I, I'm going to leave it on this, and then we will come back and 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 talk European Cross after after we get into the season a little more in these World Cups. But I, I'm just going to leave it with this thought: this may be. We always have this bifurcated season that we've talked about for the last three years now, maybe even longer. Of the big two, and then Pitcock comes in there, big three. You got you know Van Art, you got. Vanderpool and you got Pitcock, they show up and it just sort of blows up the whole field and makes everybody else look like pretenders. It doesn't look like any of those guys are racing cross other than maybe just showing up for a, you know, cup of espresso and then heading back on their way. You know, they may do a race here or there, but it's not even going to be this like Wout shows up, wins six races in a row and goes away. So it's an all new regime. Ailey, is he still is he still the man or who is it? Who is at the top of the sub toppers who are now going to be toppers because the toppers are gone in the men's field? Yeah, I think right now that's it. I, you know, I'm, I am curious to see how Haberdeen's does. 
It's Ezerby and, you know. Haberdays was a junior. You think he's going to go from junior? You think he is that wow Vanderpool type talent that he's going to just skip over that U23 class and go straight to the top? Who's number two? Who's number two if Tone Arts? Who's number two? Turnout? Mikey V? Oh man, I we'll just have to talk about this once we get to, to <laughs> yeah. European Cross. There's, there's we can, a lot. We yeah, can talk about like this brush up. for right. a long period of I, time. I, I look forward to Twitter and our Slack channel to tell us uh, all of the riders who are going to to get into that vacuum and and take up take up the Slack for uh, for for the missing missing riders at the top. Domestic cyclocross. Let's do it. Uh, we have the USEX returning for the second year. Uh, we were. It, it came out as a little drama. It really wasn't. Uh, I think GCN was always on board. They have signed a four-year deal with this series. I mean, deals can always end early, but that that was the understanding. But at, at for those, I guess the for the 2022-23 season that hadn't been inked yet. It now is. GCN is back on board. UCX has a little different look to it. It's going to start in Go Cross next week. Then we're going to go up to Rochester, New York. And then we're going to come back down to the Mid-Atlantic for Charm City. Then we take our U.S. World Cup break. We go to Waterloo. We go to Arkansas. And then we finish up the USCX on the East Coast in Falmouth for Really Rad. Just just starting with that, Zach, just that that whole sort of run that I just gave. We, we, we always debate about what a schedule should look like and what's best for cyclocross. What do you think about this? It's a little different than last year uh, where they were all front-ended. We get that little break and then the finale. Good thing? Or should it be you know, better if they're all four together? Better if it's later in the season? What do you think about the just the calendar? Yeah, I think an ideal one to me would have the, a second USCX race near really rad. So, I mean, ideally it would be maybe... I mean, I guess we can't. <laughs> NoHo kind of has its weekend, but I mean, even pushing it later to to maintain that interest. But it just seems like the way we've been going is to have that front loaded calendar. It's like that again. I mean, at least this year, I feel like I'm I'm happy that Really Rad is is towards the tail end because it you know gives riders a chance to to be on a broadcasted race. I think the series may be decided by that point. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's also really nice that it is four standalone weekends of, of racing that we don't have the jingle cross dilemma that we have last year, where it was like a participation trophy. If you wanted to race on the night before a world cup. So, I mean, in ideal world, yes, I think that there would be more interest later on, but I mean, we're already seeing where it allows Megaly Rochette to go to Europe and stuff, and we see riders with different priorities. So in a lot of ways, I'm kind of okay with it. It keeps the top riders at home, then they go kind of chase their their thing in Europe, and I think, I'm guessing that we'll see that from you know riders like Rochette and Claire Hansinger this year where, you know, I, that's where Rochette had her biggest races was going to Europe in November instead of racing at home last year. Yeah, and my- and Michael, I think the the one thing that you know, sort of to play off what Zach was was saying, is that having no conflicts, there actually is a conflict, and that's Pan Am's. But it's a conflict that you know it was, it was interesting. If you listen to the conversation I had with Caleb Swartz, he's all in on Pan Am's, and because of that, he's skipping Charm City because he figures he's the USCX isn't a priority for him and he needs, you know, just in his training plan, he's going to go home for that weekend, get ready and then head down to Costa Rica. We don't know right now how many other people are 
going to join him. But it's kind of this, that's the struggle I see is that we got to figure out a way how to get the USEX, the World Cups, and Pan Ams all to be synchronous and play together. <laughs> that seems like a big ass there, Bill. I mean, the fact that we're, how, how what's our official World Cup tally at? Do we know yet? Is it 18? No, it's not 18. I thought it was like, uh, I thought it was full 16. It was at least 14 this year. So it's either right. 14 or 16. Yeah, I mean, I am super interested to see who does actually go to Pan Ams. And I was looking at ticket prices because I'm, I'm very interested in, in checking that out. Um, I guess I was also talking about going to going to really rad because it being later in the season meant that, yeah, the series does go longer. And if I had to pick one to go that I could go to, like I could see maybe there maybe some of those, um, those categories would come down to that last race. Um, yeah, that was for me too. I, it, before I, uh, started, you know, knew that I was definitely working with GCN again on the USCX broadcast. Uh, I was really thinking about going to Costa Rica. It doesn't seem like the, you know, travel is too expensive. Supposedly housing down there is, is pretty easy. And it's, it's the kind of thing that, you know, I just remember back, like when I was racing cross in, in the mid Atlantic, we used to have the one race that was far away. And all these, you know, it's back when people cared about series and <laughs> everybody just was not going to go to this one race because it was too far away. And then one person would be like, easy points, we're going to Charlottesville. And then as soon as that person registered, that was top, you know, sort of up there in the series points, everybody else went. And then it was like, well, if, if they're going, we all have to go because we have to defend our points. It wasn't like people wanted to go but they felt like they had to go i don't know if that's the same pool here for pan ams but it is kind of weird and it's kind of unfortunate that it is a burden instead of something to look forward to well we've seen this with noho right and uh where it was on noho's date so it's gonna be i as adam Myerson said if you think you have a chance to win you go to pan ams and if not you come to his race and um i'm wondering though how like you know if people have a bad first race in the series, second race in the series, they sort of say, hey, maybe their goals change, and, and they go to Pan Ams yeah. instead of finish up the series. I mean, that might be it, and money plays into it too, Zach. We have prize money this year in the USCX. I mean, we have riders like uh, like Magli Rochette, who's won Pan Ams in the past. Not a priority for her. I guess she doesn't feel like she needs the points. You know, Canada Canadians always have it a little easier with less people racing. They can kind of race where they want. But she's 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 already committed to really rad and the USCX, so it's a, it's kind of interesting. That's a I think that's a big one. That's like a big a big benchmark of who's going and who's not. Is the payouts or? Well, no, just that somebody like Magli Rochette is now like Pan Am's not worth it for me, or or my priority is the USCX over Pan Am's. Yeah, I think it depends too on what the riders make of it. I mean, I think some of what made Pan Am's draw interest is that you were seeing the riders place this huge importance on it. You know, they talked about it as being on par with the national championships. And, you know, I, maybe we peaked at that level in kind of 2018, 2019. Uh, but then we saw, like last year, both the two top riders in North America skipped the elite women's race. And it was kind of, uh, you know, that kind of sent a message. And, you know, on the other hand, you had all the elite men were there. And so I think that it was still an important thing. But it just it felt like because that decision was made, you know, the top riders kind of are these leaders and the decisions that they make 
similar to what you were saying, Bill, with the, you know, oh, if like, I think that if, you know, Clara and Brunner and White came out and said, yep, we're going to, to Costa Rica, I think that you would see a lot of folks doing. And so I think people kind of look to them as kind of the trendsetter. And it's like, oh, if they're doing this, well, I'm going to make it make it happen, too. All right, let's let's get in let's let's get into the granular look of domestic cyclocross. Zach, you you you've taken this is I, I, I love this because it's come full circle. You know, we did the heat check and then uh Max Chance and Grant Holicky sort of were uh I don't think it was more poking fun. No, I think it was more having fun with the heat check a few years ago and started the vibe check. And then that somehow got stuck in your head and you were like, hey, that's a cool thing, way to go with this. Let's not actually have to, you know, rank people on whatever because rankings are all, power rankings are all just the most subjective thing you can you can have despite what my email tells me when I put out a heat check uh, power ranking. Uh, vibe check, what do, you, what do you, just sort of run it down for us. Who should we be looking at? What do you see? And why did you not put Lily Brandon Fix's dog in into the rankings along with uh, Sherman Shields? I, I hate to do this. I mean, we've we've started some drama on and one. I don't I don't know where she where Lily stands in the UCI Beagle rankings. That's the only rankings that I really had access to. Uh, but I'm just going to say that an unknown person slid into our DMs and they just post a simple question. How many Instagram followers does Lily have? Does Lily even have an Instagram? Ooh, this is yeah. what I love is that we're starting the beef at the canine level for cyclocross. This is this is where I think it should be. I, I'm I am into this because you know just like we saw Michael, you can speak to this better than either Zach or I. You know, crit beef started out as something fun, and then it quickly became something that really wasn't fun at all. And uh, I I feel like maybe we're on safer ground with with cyclocross dog beef yeah and is i mean there's did we lose doggo cross because at jingle but i think did there's one another? at go cross this weekend if okay. i if i'm following the instagrams okay. correctly i think there's a dog cross uh sunny gilbert well, always came in hot i mean i'm pretty sure that she did dog cross before racing the world cup one year <laughs> well that's how we can settle the kibble the kibble check is uh to see who, who lily and sherman will go toe to Pa to pa, um, and see who comes out on top. But see, that's the beauty of the vibe check is that like it's not based strictly on rankings. I mean, as okay, I indicated, true. I'm a big dog fan, so you know if Lily comes up and she's very fun, and I get cuddles and and you know doggy kisses and stuff, like that's great. If Sherman is going to be really standoffish, like the vibe check will consider that, and no one can argue because it's vibes. You can't argue with vibes. Like, can vibes be quantified? So you're saying that Sherman is reading his own press cl clippings at this point? Yes, yes. I mean, the man has an Instagram. I don't know how many five. I guess he has like thousands of followers. I mean, how can you not get in your head if you have that kind of uh, kind of following? as a little beagle. So I don't, Zach. I don't want to. Maybe I'm interrupting your vibe check. But I, we're on. Why we're on the topic of, of of the beagle, Sherman Shields? I think one of the big stories of the domestic season is Carrie Warner. And his announcement of four cross races. I mean, that kind of blew my mind. Bill, I, I listened to the podcast and I was like, how is this not all over Twitter? What, what's your guys' reactions to that, to him changing, changing the game? 
are not going. Well, I, this is a great, this is, so I, I moved to Chicago and I was on a ride and it was the day after Order Shore where he, you know, again, beat Caleb Swartz and crushed him into the ground and showed no mercy. He won in a sprint. Uh, but, uh, so I'm, I'm riding and like, I'm riding and I see, you know, somewhat hunched back of, you know, I look down, there's a Kona and a Trek and I'm, I keep riding and I was like, no, no way. I was like, that was Emily and Carrie. What are they doing in Chicago? So I turned around and they were like chatting with their, the people that were hosting them. And I just like barged in and I was like, I was like, dude, what's up? And I mean, you know, I guess, you know, Kona kind of pushed him in that direction with, you know, because he's going to he's not going to not be racing. He's going to be doing gravel races. Right. You know, he's going to be doing like Iceman uh, again. Uh, but, you know, he he dropped he dropped a quote. He's like, Zach, don't worry about it. If mom jeans can come back in style, cyclocross will be back. And that <laughs> in this cross is coming season has been my guiding light for the last month is one. I see mom jeans everywhere now. It's outrageous fashion trend. Uh, but that's what I hold on to was that nug of wisdom from Kerry Warner. Yeah. And, it, you know, he's not alone. Tobin Nortonblad is uh, up in uh, at the the home of the. Slow Ride Podcast, Schwamagon, this uh, weekend racing instead of going to go cross before jumping into the cross season. I, I think that, you know, it's just what, we, what we've seen over, over the past year. It's that a lot of sponsors, a lot of uh, riders uh, have different priorities, and those priorities aren't cyclocross. It just, it's, it's you know, we started calling cyclocross a passion project, I think, by, at, the, at the end of last season, and it's never... More so than than this year, that it it's really something that you have to want to do, and it's also something that we're just in this crazy position where a lot of these riders, if they are mountain bikers, if they are gravel racers, or they've been pushed into those disciplines, they they have to lobby with their sponsors to be able to race cyclocross, and in most instances, they're not getting support to do it. So they it's it's really it is truly at a point right now where it's for the love of the game and i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure how that changes look i am not i don't also but i've said this a lot and i've sort of talked about this a lot and it's sort of you know i think it's it's good to talk about because it is true when it's out there but i also don't want it to look like and i think that you all are with me in that we're down on the sport we're not we love it we're stoked for go cross we're ready for the season to start but it's just kind of the reality and it's it's the thing that we want to see the top riders have the incentive to race cyclocross. I want people to be able to afford a hotel room and and not have to depend on people to feed them and give them a couch to sleep on to be able to race cyclocross. They don't have to be millionaires for this, but at least get out of this like it's just the the bottom of the barrel as far as competition goes. And that unfortunately seems to be for a lot of these folks that we're talking to on the elite level where where we are. I mean, that's a, that's a good point that you make. And I guess one interesting thing that we kind of glossed over talking about teams. So we had, uh, Gage Hacked and Katie Klaus signed with human powered health and rally then human powered health. And it was like, yep, they won't be racing cyclocross. And so we conducted a survey and we reached out to riders to try to get a sense of for doing the vibe check. It's kind of embarrassing if you're ranking someone in, in your top 10 and they're not even racing cyclocross. And it was a good kind of exploring 
what people are doing, what their plans are. But we learned that, you know, Katie Klaus gauge hacked how many national championships between them won't be racing. But then we have Claire Hansinger and the announcement from EF Tibco SVP that, you know, they signed Zoe Backstead as well. And they're like, no, we want them to be racing cyclocross. We view this as being a part of both of their programs. We're fully supportive. And so that's like contra, like every other direction that they're going, that they were like, no, we're, we're committed to this, at least for the short term. And we see value in having Claire Hansinger and Zoe Backstead. Cause I mean, Claire is at the age where these other riders make that decision to give up cyclocross, right? Like she did some cool stuff. They could have been like, yeah, you're you're done. You're you know, you're in our program and you're going to winning training camps and they think that it's valuable for her. So I that's good to see. You love to see it. But my, Michael, isn't that that EF ethos? You know, isn't it isn't this the Lachlan Morton al- alternative uh racing schedule? It's like they they want bang for their buck. So I think it's it's kind of smart and I wish other teams would sort of do the same thing, maybe break the mold a little bit. Yeah, I think you know, I guess part of the thing was with Carrie's announcement was like, well, that's it. One, it was it's a big change. And in a carry, as you <clears throat> illustrated in the bulletin, has been there racing all the time, always around. So having him gone, I was sort of interested to see what the landscape in the elite men's field is going to look like. Um, you know, it was, it was Carrie and, and, and Curtis going at it. So who is going to kind of step up as we're talking about in the Euro Peloton? Who's number two? Who's number one? Like, who's going to be the other guy on the men's side who will sort of be taking that spot? So, you know, as I go off to my first gravel event on my cross bike, I mean, yeah, right. Like it's riders, the, the, there's less maybe people racing cross, but there we still have really good riders and maybe we don't get them for the entire season, but we do get them. And they're, 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 when they're there, it's good. It's like thinking about Wout and Pitcock and, and Vanderpool. And like, we did have some really good races last year. Um, there wasn't a lot of them, but that, that's fine. I mean, I'm sort of the, of the mentality that like, it's not a party if it happens every weekend. So like, it's going to be a little bit different this year, but like, I'm still excited. And I think it'll be interesting to see how things change, um, at least in the men's field without having carry there for, for as much as the season. Michael, I love you and I hate to do this, but you were talking about the elite men's field and who's going to be next without carry. Uh, so there's a guy just want to see if you know him might've heard of him. Uh, his name is, uh, Eric Brunner. Have you heard of him before? I have. Um, and I saw that he signed up for go cross. So he's kicking things off. Yeah. So we, I mean, I interviewed him and I think that he explained, you know, he's young, uh, you know, last year was his first full season. And so, yeah, he's going to be doing the whole thing and racing a lot more. So, I mean, that's good. And it's kind of a bummer though, because we do have this new thing where the Pan Ams champ kit, you know, we saw it with Megaly Rochette. She was had her choice of which kit to wear. You don't get a choice anymore. So they're, they're being a little bit more professional about it. So we'll be seeing the Pan Ams kit. We won't be seeing the stars and stripes, uh, except for maybe on warm-ups or if you're cruising around Boulder. So kind of a bummer on that front. Where, where did that come out from? Was that a was did Kopachi actually put something out? Because it's up to the them to decide what happens with the jersey. I don't that's order. just what Brunner said. Because I interviewed him okay. and I asked him, I was like, Oh, are you gonna I was joking. I was like, I, I felt like an idiot. He's like, No, it's, you don't get a choice anymore. And I was like, Oh. 
Interesting. All um, right. So he was even, um, mm. there was a race in Boulder and uh, he was wearing the Pan Am's kit because it was funny because our, you know, friend of the bulletin, Grant Holicky, uh one of the uh, co-founders of the Vibe Check, he was cracking a joke about being ahead of Brunner, and I had to look behind, but it was like he was getting lapped. But it was the Pan Am's kid and not the Stars and Stripes, so. Yeah, that may have actually, you know, thinking back on it, that may have started last season. It was interesting. When I was in Europe, I know that the, the Can- a lot of Canadians were there as well. The Holmgrens were there, and uh, Ava had to wear, because they went they they she had to wear her Pan Am jersey to race so she was actually wearing like the podium jersey like she didn't have a Pan Am jersey so like the long sleeve podium jersey that they gave her in Texas she just had to wear for every race cuz that that's the only thing that she was allowed to race in so one thing i guess like talking about the fields you know we talked about the men's and you know one thing that was interesting that came out of the interview that i did with Max Pratt who was you know founded Pratt Frameworks and now is doing nice bikes. Uh, you know, he was talking about how I think the past the top two, the, the elite women's field is wide open. I mean, I think we all had Katie Klaus penciled in as a solid number three. Uh, Madigan Monroe is going to be racing. I think we always, as I alluded to or mentioned, we always forget that she's still only 20. <laughs> uh, she's accomplished quite a bit in her young career, but it's wide open. And so I think you're seeing riders – I think there'll be some excitement. You know, I, I don't see, you know, the tier like the Raylan Nusses, the Caitlin Bernsteins necessarily challenging Clara and Magaly, but I think it'll be super interesting in that battle for, you know, being the top subtop or being the Ailey Ezerbeat of, you know, the European men's field to the the wow Machu of, of Clara and Megaly. So I think that'll definitely be something interesting to watch. And it seems like there's a lot of riders who are really hungry to kind of like step into that role and, and fight for those positions. All right. Should we do this? Should we make some calls for go cross? Are we doing that this year? Are we, are we picking? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's do it. Should no, we? I think we should. should we go like, on let's the line? do it. Yes. Yeah, because we All only right. we only usually bust that out for like nationals and worlds. Like let's I want Eric Brunner giving me, you know, getting in my face and, you know, in post race interviews telling that people were saying things. Well, <laughs> I, I let's let's do this. Uh let's start with the women's field. You know, we have I think at the top you know, you can correct me here, Zach, but we got Magley, we got Carolyn Mani, we got Raylan. Who else is uh, who else is in the running? Uh, it should be like Caitlin Bernstein, I think, is up there as one of the riders. Uh, I don't think Monroe's not racing yet, so I don't think she's getting started quite yet. Yeah, Aaronsman, Magaley. Oh yeah. Yeah, we forget about Hannah Aaronsman stepping into the the Courtney McFadden role, finishing fourth at both the championship races last year. So, uh, she's really coming to her own. I wouldn't, I would not sleep on on Hannah Aaronsman this year. She had, she had a nice race last year at Go Cross as well. Carolyn Mani has some wins at Go Cross. Uh, I, I don't think Magalie has ever done this event before. This will be her first time down there. It's historically really hot Roanoke is in a valley and it's just it's stifling in there so all that being said I'll start out 
We're going to go women's. I'll just, I'll, I'll go scratch. I mean, I, I don't see how you bet against Magley with all of that being said. Day one and day two. Who's your podium though? Let's go. Let's, I want your full podium. Uh, well, I mean, I, I just think the three that I, I mentioned, I, I, I'll go uh, Rochette, Mani, Nuss. I like it. I, I, I will. I think one thing that'll be interesting to see at the start of the season. Um, although in the vibe check, money was fourth, Nuss was third. Money significantly won the head to head. If you go to Cyclocross twenty four, so uh, to me, you know, I mean, Carolyn is kind of stepping into a mentor role. Uh, I think she's one of those riders. We love her, but you never know what you're going to get with her at the start of the season. So I think one thing that I'll be looking at is, you know, if Raylan Nuss can make the next step and, you know, be ahead of, of the Carolyn money, I think this will be a good test and it'll be interesting to see. But I, I would probably stick with what, what Bill said. So I know it's not very original, but, you know, the way that Mani raced, like she was the strongest woman in that field last year and kind of did what she wanted. And I don't see any reason to bet against that. All right, Michael, you have you have you have carte blanche to just do whatever right, exactly. the heck you want now. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm just gonna say like day one, it's gonna be super hot. Uh, Magali is gonna feel it. Mani knows the course, has won them before. She's gonna win it. It'll be Mani Nas Rochette. I think day two, Magali dials it in, figures out her cooling strategy. She wins. Um, Magali has a big ride, gets second, and uh, Manny gets third. That's why you're on the show. Ness and fourth. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Zach, you want to start us out with, with the men? Yeah. I. Uh, some of us may have made a mistake at Nationals. You know, it, it, they always say, like, just don't don't switch <laughs> horses mid-course. So I'm, I'm looking to my guy Brunner to come in and make a statement. I'll pick him for both days. Your podium? Uh, I'm going to go Brunner, Carey, and then Curtis, but they'll flip it on one of the days. I think on the first day, Carey will come in. He's got something to prove. I mean, he's going to come in. It's his home course. Uh, he lives in Roanoke now. And then I think Curtis will bounce back. But I- I'm picking Brunner every single race until he doesn't win one for me. So that's just how there I'm going to roll. That's, that's a good game plan. Okay, I'm going to go second because I went last last time. So I think you guys are forgetting about somebody. Uh, Vinny B signed up. Vincent Bastions. <laughs> but no, Zach, you were going to pick Brunner anyway, so that's fine. Um, I'm going with Vinny B. I like it. I think he's he he won there last year. No, he didn't race. He did Rochester. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So I like I like the way uh, I like Vinny, Eric, and then White. How are you vibing on the name of, of Vinny's new program? Love it. I was, uh, you know, it's... What is it? You, you know what? <laughs> Spitz CX? I mean, I'm stoked. I'm glad the man, you know, he wanted to race. He's coming off the best year of his career. He went to Worlds. He earned a spot at Worlds. He still loves cyclocross. All these other teams are going with the youth movement. You know, Jan Tormans had nobody, wouldn't even give him a, give him a ride. You know, so I love it that he he put together a program. He found, I think it's a construction company. Construction company. You know, he's with the containers. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he's doing Bill work. It. You know, Vinny did work last year. Uh, and, and, I, and I think it's and, a good fit and I'm excited. And best of all, He's bringing Anne-Marie Worst with him, and she's not just racing the World Cup. She's going to be uh, racing some of the USCX as well. So 
you know, extra bonus, extra Vinny B bonus points. That's what I was thinking. But she's not going to go across, but she's going to be a charm, right? That's yep. what it was announced. Okay, cool. I, you know, I know, nice. I know. I mean, I know that some of the elite men and some of the elite riders actually do listen to this podcast. And so I, I'm just going to put out, I'm going to put out a challenge here uh, to our elite uh, elite men listeners. So last year, Vinny B was a perfect 5-0, and o, I believe, in the US CX races that he did. I'm looking, you know, if you want to be at the top of the vibe check, I'm vibing on, you got to defend our home soil, boys. Like one of, one of our elite men, if not multiple elite men, need to knock off Vinny B this year. Look, a few years ago, gosh, probably three or four years ago at this point, maybe even five, the top of the men's field that included Powers and Hyde and others uh, had a carry, had had a plan. And that plan was ABT. Anyone but Tobin. Like they wanted to get rid of Tobin throughout the race. And this was a compliment to him because he was on a run and he's a good finisher and a good sprinter. And they just wanted to dog that guy all race and attack him so that he didn't have it at the end. This is, you're absolutely right, Zach. We need a little U.S. cyclocross pride here. A little team tactics to try to get rid of Vinny early. I mean, even if you're giving up the race for yourself, and I know that's, again, it goes back to what I was talking about before where there are no A and B riders in cyclocross, but if all of you are going to lose to Vinny, then you need to work together at least (laughs) during the first half of the race to try to do something. We have to do something. So, uh, for my picks, I, I I do think that Vinny probably will win. I'll give I'll give Vinny day one. Carrie's going to just go all out. He's going to get second. Curtis is going to get third. Brenner is going to be fourth. It's just going to be old school. Go cross. These guys know the course, even though it's completely different this year. But uh, <laughs> they know the venue, and that's how it's going to end up. Day two. Curtis on the crit watts, Vinny, yes, Brunner. That's that's Ooh. it. Going out on a limb. And and while I'll just throw this in there because uh this will come out before we see these races, just for people who have or have familiarity with Go Cross, there have been some changes that have been made. Uh one for the broadcast, two for the C one designation. Uh they've always had kind of a iffy call on if they're if they're uh finish is downhill or not you know it's it's very slight but it the the more dangerous thing is it ends on a curve it comes around and it curves around i don't know if anybody saw my footage in there but i almost yep. got run over by both curtis and carrie and it was like i was where i was supposed to be and just didn't move and thankfully they went around me but it was just super short so what they've done is they've completely reversed it so where the finish was Last year is now the start. The finish is much farther down the straight, which is great. And then they're going to have a lot more elevation right off of the start. So that part that we all know from Becca comes a little later in there. It may actually be avoided. And then they're sort of doing a a couple of other changes. But that's the biggest one is that it's going to be a longer sprint and a safer sprint than we've seen in the past at at Go Cross. 
Well, I'm excited, uh, Bill. Your little your little picks for your race got me pumped for this upcoming season, and I can't wait to watch it on GCN and to see your features. <laughs> Anything else we need to uh, cover, uh, Zach? We're at we're at 46 minutes. We could end it here, and it could be an all time media pit record. Let's do it. Let's just end it here. I, let's awesome. let's set a new record for the new season. Sounds good. Starting off on the right foot, easy to edit. Well, we will see all of you after Go Cross. Tweet at us. Let us know what your picks are and how insane ours are. And uh, we'll talk to you then. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.